welcome to Harvest Birth Stories, where we support mamas pre, post, and during birth. My name is Sophie Grace, and I will be your host for this podcast. We want to share empowering birth stories across the United States and beyond, and encourage mothers all around the world to feel proud and empowered by any story that they may have experienced. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. Do you go by Anne or Annie? Annie. Annie. Okay. Well, welcome, Annie. I'm going to have you um, introduce yourself a little bit and just kind of tell us about you and your family and who you have at home and all those kinds of things, and then we'll jump into it. Sounds good. Yeah. So my name is Annie Johnson. Um, I am married to Skylar, and we have our first daughter, our first baby, I guess, together. Um her name is Lenora, and she was born in February, so I'm kind of in the thick of it postpartum, just within the last year, um, went through all the pregnancy fun stuff, mm-hmm. and then we <laughs> we have two dogs at home with us, and we'll probably end up hearing one of them at some point. <laughs> um, work-wise, I work as a nurse at a clinic in town in Fargo. Um, I work three days a week, and it's is a clinic that people don't really like to hear about. It's a subspecialty with Sanford. Um, We work with kids post or for concerns of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and neglect. Uh, That's sad. (laughs) Yeah, very sad. And so um, that has really kind of shaped my mindset for a lot of my postpartum, like who's going to care for Lenny and things like that. Yeah. And I noticed noticed in your... um, questionnaire that you had mentioned that you had been a NICU nurse too before? Yes. Yeah. So I worked as a NICU nurse with, um, in Fargo at Sanford for three years or two and a half ish years. Um, and that also is kind of messes with your brain a little bit. I started as a nurse there. So all I ever knew was that delivery and birth can be kind of quite traumatic regardless of the, you know, so I had a very jaded or tainted mindset of what having a baby looks like. And yeah. so that was a big reason that I ended up leaving. I mean, besides the, I worked straight nights. So seeing my husband and having a family was not, night shift is not very conducive to that. Yeah. Um. So I, while I worked in the NICU, I was like, I don't think I can have kids. Like it just, it's too scary. It's too stressful. Um. You know, I, I knew too much, maybe, in the sense. Yeah. Um, and so once we got pregnant, through each week of like, okay, so at this week, I know what they look like. Or at 22 weeks, I know that we could do this, this, or this. And these are the potential outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> and so my poor husband was like, it wasn't like, okay, when the baby's born, you get to tell me what gender it is. It was like, okay, so when they're born, if they have a hard time breathing, you're going to go down to the NICU with them, stand yeah. in the corner, and agree to everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like you have the, I don't want to say like you see the worst experiences, but you do. You don't see all those happy ones all the time. Right, and it, it kind of became in my brain, which is, it's not right, where like the NICU, the NICU is the exception, or like 
poor outcomes in delivery are typically the exception. The fact that so many births go great and being in the NICU is not the end of the world. It was just scary to me to think about all that could potentially go with that. Yeah. But it, it kind of became my rule. And so um, I really had to kind of un learn that thought process throughout my pregnancy. (laughs) So I guess we'll kind of jump into, well, I guess we'll rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about how you guys decided to have kids. And once you found out that you, I mean, you can bring us through your finding out experience too, if that's, you know, something fun to talk about or um, kind of, I guess, once you found out, like, I know besides Nick, you, brain Mm -hmm. what did you kind of envision for your birth or like how you planned for that so I mean that's a lot of questions in one but just you know you can just yeah whatever you want (laughs) yeah so um we had been married about a year and a half and then we decided that we were ready to start trying um I had been off birth control for a while so that wasn't something that was a big issue but then um i all my, fr- not all my friends, a lot of my friends had, you know, the ovulation tracking apps and all things like that. So one of my friends borrowed me her strips because she had already gotten pregnant. And so I started tracking. I, um, you'll learn as we talk that I have some control issues. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I, like, I, I would love to have a baby in the fall because yes. it's not too hot and we can go outside and I can be home and whatever. So we we're, we started trying December, January, and February and then did not get pregnant. Um, so we're like, well, we'll just take a break and try again come next winter. And then in May, I was like 10 days late with my period, which was very atypical for me. And um, it was a Wednesday night and I had met some old coworkers for drinks and then I got home and I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to take a, take a test, whatever. Well, it was, it was positive. And then I took three more <laughs> and um, my husband was already sleeping at that point. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to wake him. So then I went to work the next day and then had a cute little um, like a shirt that said best dad ever. It was right around father's day time or before father's day and had a little shirt with the pregnancy test on the table. And he was very excited. Um, I was still kind of like, when did this happen? Right. <laughs> You're like, I didn't perfectly plan this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This wasn't a part of my 10-day um, day plan. But um, so we were super excited. Um, and then from there, um, we had my first appointment when I was like eight or nine weeks, or what I thought was nine weeks, I think. And then um, with the ultrasound, they backdated us a little bit. So they changed my due date by like 10 days or something like that. Okay. okay. And then I guess, I guess. Um, how did you kind of choose your care team since you like work in the nursing world? Like how did that kind of come about to you? Yeah. Um, I had, I've, at this point I was already out of the NICU um, and working at a different clinic. So, or working at the clinic I work at now. And so um, my manager was actually a labor and delivery nurse forever. So I'm like, talk me through the provide. So I, I doctored with Sanford, um, just knowing that I knew the facility and I knew what to expect. That was important for me to kind of know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then my manager kind of went through like, these providers are super awesome. They're all great in different ways. You know, she's like, what do you want? Do you want somebody who's going to, you know, kind of shoot the 
the shit with you or do you want somebody just like straight and narrow? And I just wanted somebody in the sense of like, if something is going to be wrong, I don't want it sugarcoated or things like that. I just want it, give it to me straight. So, and I also didn't want (laughs) somebody that I had heard um, like not great things with in the NICU. And that's all relative and so subjective. So I hate to like, I don't even, well, it is what it is. So the person, um, I went with Dr. Nybach in with Sanford and she is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I also knew like very seldomly do you have the person who you doctor with deliver your baby anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think, I mean, maybe that's not everywhere, but with Sanford, I knew that was pretty typical. Yep. And so I, I knew that. So I really, I really liked her. I worked with um, her, uh, one of the nurse practitioners, often as well. Um, and then the nurse navigators are great too. They kind of go, or the pregnancy navigators, they go through everything with you, which is awesome. And then they have a ton of birth classes and things like that, that we utilized as well that are free. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I guess we'll kind of go back to my original question of like, how did you kind of decide what kind of birth you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Did you any other sort of like preparation for birth and whatnot, just kind of knowing what you know? Yeah. Um, so I went into it with like, I had a vision of what I would want to happen, but knew in my mind that like we, again, I have no control over a lot of that. Yeah. Um, In my, my vision and my dream, I guess, was to have an unmedicated vaginal birth. Um, and to prepare for that, um, I had my best friend has had two home births in Colorado. And so she was an amazing person to be like, you know, start practicing your breathing and different techniques and things like that. She worked with a doula and a midwife. And so she had um, amazing, amazing um, tips and tricks and things like that just to keep um, Skylar and I doing from the beginning instead of you know kind of showing up to the hospital being like all right now let's learn how to do this right yeah (laughs) well I didn't have a doula myself but um I in the future I think that would be really important um but yeah so my dream was to do um a vaginal unmedicated birth um once we got to the point where we started being more like, okay, this is going to happen kind of a thing. We watched a couple videos about what a C-section looks like. So Skylar kind of knew what that would be um, if that was what ended up. And then um, we just, I, we watched, I listened to a lot of your podcasts actually, just to hear different outcomes and just different ways that things happen and just to be prepared and hear, hear there's so many different ways. And so for me, that was, that was very therapeutic in the sense of, okay, you, there are so many ways that it doesn't matter how how you think it's going to happen, that it's just going to happen the way it needs to. Right. I know. I think it's important for people to just like hear other birth stories because it's funny. Like when I first started this podcast, everybody was like, you must be going out and like finding all these different births. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> like I'm literally just interviewing people that I know. And like they're just all so different. And that's just life. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's Yes. And no birth is the same. And so that's really cool too. And so um, I guess in the back of my head, I kind of had like the fear. I don't know why. And maybe anecdotally, I guess I could, whatever. So I really, really didn't want to be induced. Um, Mm -hmm. I was worried that like 
with being induced, I would not progress quick enough per the expectations or things like that. And then it would lead to like longer labor and longer birth and then end up, you know, having to have a C-section, which is fine. But then I just, I was worried that I was going to be sore in all the places and it just wasn't going to be, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I guess, why that was a big fear, but it was. <laughs> just, you know, it's not like it's a fear of your baby dying, but it's just like a right. fear of like unnatural things happening. Yeah. And just the lack of control too, in the sense of um, I wanted to be at home as long as I was able to be, just to be in my yeah. own environment. Yeah. Uh, and so with the, the thought of an induction, which is not a bad thing, um, I just it took out that sense of control for me too. Yeah. So how did your pregnancy go throughout everything? Yeah. Um, my pregnancy in itself was pretty, um, pretty tame. I was sick from like, um, eight ish weeks to 20 weeks, but very manageable. Mm-hmm. I, um, I tried all the ginger things and that, um, kind of stuff. I ended up just needing to eat quite often. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, I did try like the B12 and the Unisom stuff at night just to try and help kind of combat that initial morning sickness. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty good. Um, otherwise, I was considered high risk due to my weight. Um, so that um, indicated a couple other testing per their provider preference or policy. I'm not quite sure. Um, but I so I had an earlier glucose test just just because I was higher risk for having gestational diabetes. And that was fine, thankfully. And then, um, and then what else? And then once I was, she did an extra ultrasound at 32 weeks just to check growth. Mm -hmm. And then we did non-stress tests weekly once I hit 36 weeks. Mm -hmm. And all went pretty good? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no indication for really anything. Um, and then, thirty-nine weeks, we—I had asked if she'd strip my membranes, hoping that that would maybe get things moving a little bit. Um, it did not. Then, <laughs> at my forty-week appointment, the nurse practitioner um, also stripped my membranes, and then we had a set induction for that following Monday, which would have been my forty-one-week date. Okay. Yeah. That was my next kind of question was how was like the last few weeks of your pregnancy? And if you want to, you can just kind of go into your labor and how it happened. Yeah. Last few weeks, um, I was definitely way more swollen kind of, I could tell that my body was getting ready to have a baby. Like, um, things were dropping. My hips were, I was walking like a penguin and fun (laughs) stuff like that. I couldn't get comfy. Um, throughout my pregnancy, I never really had the um, insomnia aspect of it, but towards the end I did, it was just harder to stay asleep. Um, just more uncomfortable, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and at about 37 weeks, I was, um, trying to get things. I wasn't uncomfortable by the means, but I was just like, I, again, that fear of an induction, I very irrational, but, um, so I was, eating dates often and drinking raspberry leaf tea, doing sidestep stair walking, curb walking, just mm-hmm. to try and help get things moving. Um, and so after that Wednesday uh, membrane stripping, I 
ended up working an extra week so I could um, not have to lose a week on my maternity leave. So Thursday was my last day of work. And about that afternoon at work, uh, my mucus plug came out. Mm, lovely. I, <laughs> I was having some bloody show. And I, I work with a bunch of healthcare providers. So it wasn't something that I, I was like, you guys, I think it happened. I think it's happening. So it was fun to be able to share that with them. Right. right. Yeah. They They're not like, ew. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's gross. So mm-hmm. uh, that was really fun. And then about that night, um, I started contracting about 8 p.m. And it was it was steady in the sense of time being like every seven to 10 minutes, you know, that consistency wise. Um, and I just knew I wanted to stay home as long as possible. So uh, and that would have been way too early to go, but we, I bounced on my ball for a while, did some different stretches and then I went to bed. Um, and my husband got home about 10. He had class Thursday nights and I told him, I'm like, please don't freak out, but I am having contractions, but I just want to sleep for a while and I'll let you know when I think it's time to go or if, if things change. And so I slept till about five that next morning on Friday. And then I wasn't able to sleep anymore. I just, the contractions were picking up. Um, when I was timing them, they were like three to four minutes apart. I could definitely breathe through them and work through them, but, um, all in my back. So that was something I didn't expect. Yeah. Yeah. And it started in my belly, but then it kind of moved to my back. Um, so I called at about five 30 to the triage and they said, take a bath, take some Tylenol, see, kind of see what happens, wait it out. So I did those things. Um, we have, like I mentioned earlier, we have two dogs. And so, and my mom wanted to, um, be in Fargo. She lives out of town. So she just wanted to be in town. So I called my mom about seven, letting her know that we were probably going to go into the hospital. And so she, um, she came to town and then at home for a while, um, things were picking up. I think they're like two and a half, three ish minutes apart, still able to kind of work through them. Um, my mom started doing some counter pressure for me and all that, which was super helpful. And it was great. Oh, that's so special too to like yes um helping you and doing that too yes um and prior to um going into labor and things like that we had decided that for when um our baby was born we never found out the gender um so we didn't know what she was before she came mm-hmm. um and so we just decided that it was just going to be Skylar and I in there so she she kind of relished in any any moment that we gave her, which I am so appreciative because she she, it's just your support person to you know she gets it and it's your mom yeah. and yeah. yeah it's your mom <laughs> yeah so um, at that point they were picking up and Skylar was he was very ready to go and so I was like I would like to stay a little longer I'd like to just be home for a while and they're like no I think it's time you go and so I kind of gave in. Well, I did give in and we drove to the hospital um, and they did a, another stress test or checked, you know, dilation and things like that. Um, and I was five centimeters dilated when they um, admitted me. That's um, nice. You go yeah. progress. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I had been dilated like two to three the couple weeks before once they started checking, but I 
we, like I know you talk about on your Instagram and stuff yeah. like that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And so, uh, but it was kind of like a, okay, we are, we're, we are moving in that direction. So that was yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So we got admitted and then um, our nurse um, was amazing. I had never met or worked with her before. And I think that too, just was a nice, like, just, it felt like, um, yes, you and I didn't have somebody else. Um, I got to let this dog in quick. Um, Oh, you go for it. (laughs) Or like, I didn't have to, I don't know. It just felt good. It wasn't somebody I knew. It was just, it felt good. And so she kind of went through different options and things like that. Um, she's, we talked about whether or not we were going to let my water break on its own or if we were going to um, artificially rupture. And I had decided that I was, thought it was fine if we just ruptured just to get things moving since we were progressing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so um, the doctor that was on came in and ruptured or stripped or, oh my goodness, broke the water. All the waters and stripping and, and popping. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> and the, that was interesting in itself. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I when you're laying in the bed, it just kind of pools around you. Yeah, I know. It's a really weird, warm feeling. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. And so as soon as that happened, my first question was, okay, was it mech stained? Because... <laughs> right. Yeah, refused to not ask all these questions, and so it was not, and the water was clear and good to go. Uh, <laughs> and then, really, after that, everything picked up pretty quickly. So um, we walked around the hospital or the floor a little bit, and then I got to the point where I couldn't walk around through the contractions anymore. Mm-hmm. And so um, we did some different squat positions. We had uh, the birthing ball. My Skylar did um, counter pressure, and it was just all my back and so that that was something I wasn't expecting or prepared for yeah and Uh, um if anybody is listening and this is something I didn't know either like when I had my son is like when you rupture your membranes you don't have all that padding in between like baby and you so it can be like way more intense like contraction wise that so, makes total sense. Yeah. So I was like, why did I have him do that? Like, I get it because like it, yeah. just, it speeds things up. But then I was like, it made it so much more painful as soon as my membranes were, or my, the things were popped. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're getting all like too many, too many things Water, going on. Right? And membranes and all the yes. things. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was kind of where we were at was like, I, um, I was very uncomfortable, um, and so I was like, well, let's try getting in the tub, and I, this is where I'm, like, looking back, I'm obviously, it's easy hindsight, whatever, but um, I got into the tub thinking that would be, like, a good place, and uh, baby was cooperating, so I just was able to go in the tub without being monitored, which was nice, um, and then I, I wasn't hooked up to any fluids or anything at this point because I just had my IV for emergency access or if we needed. So I was pretty free in there, but I sent Skylar down to eat lunch with my mom because it was a little before noon. 
And I was like, why don't you go get food? It's going to be a long day for you too. And I can't eat. So don't bring it up here. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to smell it either. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so I got in the tub and I really was hoping and wishing that it, that would help with some of the pain. And I could not get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I tried on my side. I had the jets blowing on my side. I tried like squatting. I tried, I, I just couldn't. And so from there, um, I had the nurse come back in um, once Skylar got back up and um, she was drying me off and I was kind of just feeling very helpless. And I'm like, can I get an epidural still? She's like, yep, whatever you want. And she, she was amazing in the sense of like, I'm not pushing you one way or the other. She offered the, um, like the laughing gas too, if I wanted to start there. And I was just so past the point of like, I could not, my, I couldn't right. like, let my body relax. And you know, I had practiced the the thoughts of like, okay, you know, letting things loose as the contractions happen so you're not fighting against your body. And I honestly, like, if you would have seen me, I was sitting on the toilet trying to get comfortable and I felt like a toddler having like a tantrum, not like angry or screaming, but I, like pounding my legs on the ground trying to get through <laughs> the yeah. contraction. And the toilet and she- too is like a very intense um, spot to labor. Yeah. The dilation station. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like the same kind of, I mean, your brain kind of goes into excreting things when you sit on a toilet. So it just makes it all more intense. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And so um, I looked at Skylar. I was like, are you okay if I get an epidural? And he's like, I don't care what you do. Like what? So that was, and he never really cared one way or the other. So that, I don't know. I just needed reassurance I guess that it was okay and um the only thing that the nurse said was you're gonna have to be able to sit still and she said do you think you're gonna be able to sit still and I said I don't know she's like I will and if we can't then we'll just have to figure something out um and so before I got in the tub she had checked me and I was like seven centimeters dilated so I had progressed a little bit um and then anesthesia got up there real quick and she got that in within like a half an hour probably less than a half an hour. And those five contractions that I had to be held still for were excruciating. And like the, the position you have to be in too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. At one point I was like trying to lift my head up and she just held, which is she needed to, cause she was as the anesthesiologist was putting the, or the CRNA was putting in the epidural was when I was like trying to sit up and stretch my head and she's like please don't (laughs) don't move please don't move any sort of (laughs) yep and so again hindsight I was probably right in the middle of transitioning while all this was happening yeah probably (laughs) yeah and so um once that got in she let me uh the nurse had me on my side with a peanut ball in between my legs for like a half an hour and then checked me and I was like eight and a half nine ish so had progressed well. Um, I, the contractions initially with the epidural did kind of slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, they went from like every two to like three and a half, but they did pick up once I was able to get comfortable again. Mm -hmm. And the nurse was not really surprised by that, but, um, it did, it did work. The epidural did work. It did take away a lot of that pain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I could obviously feel the pressure and stuff still, but not, I was much more comfortable that I got that post-epidural nap. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a little rest. Yep, yep. 
But I'm trying to think. Yes. Okay. So my mom came in after I got my epidural. And then I know, you know, you hear about people getting the shakes after birth. Um, I got mine after my, after, after my epidural and I couldn't stop. It was my jaw, my hands, everything was just quivering and shaking. And so I, again, I don't really know if that was one part of my transition as well, but my husband was like, why are you doing that? Yeah, my, that happened to my friend too. After she got her epidural, she like could not hold still at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I got really quivery and shaky and then that kind of passed. And then I was able to take a nap. And then at about 3.30-ish, she checked me again, and I was like 10 or 9 and a half with a little, I don't know, almost there. But she's like, you're going to start feeling a lot more pressure, but don't push. We're just going to labor down for a while. So mm-hmm. um, I love that. Yeah. So baby must have been a little higher then. Mm-hmm. Um, so we I- labored down. At this Oops, point, kind of what position were you in? Were you kind of doing like side lying and switching back and forth? Yes. Yep. Back and forth, side lying with the peanut ball in between my legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That felt good. Yes. Yep. It did. Um, and then while this was happening, I kept telling her, I was like, I really want to push. And she's like, please don't. <laughs> and so, um, it it honestly felt like a bowel movement was working its way through my body and it just right on my pelvis. And she's like, that's the baby's head that you're feeling. And so um, just being able to picture that was really helpful and like knowing why the pain was there and what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what else happened? So then at that point we gave it a little bit more time and then we started doing some practice pushes Um, and at this point, it was the nurse, Skylar, and I in the room, and we had some music going on in the background, and um, I, like, couldn't believe that it was actually happening, because it was four. So we'd been at the hospital for about eight hours. Yeah, not really, I mean, not super long, pretty average, but it still seems like a pretty quick... Um, yeah, I, I in my brain, she going to be born on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was moving a lot quicker than I had, you know, thought or anticipated. But mm-hmm. um, something that really surprised me with the labor process was like those practice pushes. I had, and because I couldn't feel as much, um, I really struggled with getting those down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not very effective and it just... Um, so I needed quite a few, <laughs> quite a few opportunities to do practice pushes. And then once we kind of figured it out, um, things got moving a little quicker and then she had everybody, hi, are you saying hi? Um, she had everybody come in and then for my last two pushes, the doctor came in and she was throwing on her gloves as, and her gown as, um, her head was coming out and she had lots of hair Mm-hmm. And then when she was born, Skylar got to announce that we had a girl, which was really fun. Yeah. Um, and then they put her on my chest right away. Um, and my my nurse brain really kicked in and she was very stunned. So she didn't she didn't cry, but she was awake and breathing and she just was very wide eyed and very like <laughs> <laughs> shocked which is fair that's a lot to go through you're probably like you're probably like what's her apgar score 
yeah, the nurse uh, that was helping that was focused on the baby was up by my head and she's like, just be the mom, just be the mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I really appreciate that because it, it was, it's hard. And I, any, you know, in any situation you just, you want everything to go okay. And you, when you know a lot about a specific thing, it's hard to shut that off when you're in the middle of it, but she was great. She app guard. Great. <laughs> um, Skylar got to cut the cord and um, she was on my chest. I did end up having like a second degree tear. And mm-hmm. so they, um, and, and the first pictures we have of Lenny, she's in my arms and then my legs are wide open and the doctor's in the bottom stitching me up. So they're pretty entertaining photos. I love that. It's like, can we take yeah. any different angle? Yeah. <laughs> and at that time it was just Skylar and I in there. So he, he doesn't no he doesn't even think about it but so those are fun to look at and then um once she got me um and the placenta was delivered so they did start pitocin once lenny was out yep um to help with the uh placenta and so that was the only time that i had fluid or i guess they started fluids once i had the epidural too Mm -hmm. um and then what else? So yeah, the placenta. And then once she got was born, we put her skin to skin and we did some breastfeeding right away. And she was a hungry girl. She was just like rooting as soon as she as soon as she was unstunned. <laughs> she was like, I am starving. Yes, it's time. Um, um, I guess that'll kind of bring us into the next portion of the podcast, which is like, mm-hmm. what was I know in your questionnaire you had um talked or you had just put in like prolapse and milk supply so if you wanted to kind of chat about I guess what your your postpartum goal was and I guess how it kind of went and how you felt about everything like right afterwards and then I guess uh, down the road yeah yeah (laughs) so right now um so um I guess I should mention too so throughout my pregnancy or previously before I was pregnant um I had been on um, a combination of Prozac and Wellbutrin. And so when you're pregnant, they don't necessarily want you on like a mixture of meds. So we switched to Lexapro for Mm -hmm. my anxiety. And then I just, I needed more. So we ended up, um, I was on Lexapro and Wellbutrin throughout my pregnancy. Um, And then, um, and part of that reasoning was because I, um, I know that postpartum is impossible and so hard and so demanding just from everything you hear from everybody Mm -hmm. and being it that it's winter, that's kind of an increased time for my um, anxiety and depression to really kick me in the butt. And so I just was really worried that I was going to really, really spiral if I didn't have something on board. And so Mm -hmm. fortunately my, my primary care doc and my um, OB were very cool with that. So I, I'm just prefacing that because I'm very grateful for those medications because um, I think that helped keep me um, more steady throughout some of the harder times postpartum. Yeah. Um, so in in the hospital, we I my plan was to breastfeed. My goal was to make it to six months based on the recommendations. Um, and then if I could make it longer, that was going to be awesome. So any extra day, I was going to I was going to be jacked about. 
um, knowing that breastfeeding in itself is a whole (laughs) journey. Um, And so she, it took a little bit to get our latch figured out. It was very uncomfortable at first. Um, The lactation nurses were fabulous and different tricks and things like that. And um, so we tried different positioning my, my breasts are a little bit more wide spaced and tubular. And now, you know, now that I know that it makes a lot more sense, um, as to what positions work better and things like that, but went home, she was a little below birth weight and, you know, a little jaundice, kind of the normal, typical things. Yep. And, um, she had her two day follow-up, um, and hadn't gained, she'd gained some weight back, but not a ton. And the lactation nurse had asked, like, is your milk in? I'm like, I have no idea. She's like, I've done this before. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Like, you hear about feeling engorged right away as your milk kind of figures itself out and things like that. I I didn't have that. And so um, we got to her. She was a week old. I followed up pretty closely with lactation. And she had only, Lenny had only gained like an ounce in those five days. And they typically want more than that. They want like an ounce a day kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, the lactation nurse was like, let's, let's try something. And so we kind of talked about, she talked about, you know, my wide space breasts and their tubular and things like that, but that can be tied to having some um, disorders. Yeah. 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 So, um, she's like, I'm, I really think you need to start supplementing and whether that looks like you go home and pump and give her that. And then, um, if it's not more than two ounces or if it's less than two ounces, um, then, you know, supplement with formula as well. And so we did triple feeding that whole weekend. Mm-hmm. I left the clinic that day just bawling because I, at that time, you know, those f- four or five days that Monday to Friday, she was constantly eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you ever do a, wait, a weighted feed? Yes. Yep. They did those at all the um, appointments. So um, the weighted feed on Friday that I, I, she had mentioned the, the breast tissue stuff, mm-hmm. um, she had only transferred two mils that whole feed on both sides. Uh, yeah. That's- and so then my, um, up until that point, I was like on cloud nine, like, very riding that high of like, I just pushed a baby out of me. This is amazing. How, how did I ever live before her kind of a thing? And then, um, after, or during that appointment, I just like, couldn't hold it. And I felt so bad because like knowing that she had been hungry, that's why she was constantly eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, part of that cluster feeding is so normal. Yep. Yep. It is normal. If anybody's listening, that's what's yes. Make your milk supply. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Yes, yes. It's super normal. So I didn't think twice of it, really. And that's why I was like, wow, we're just doing what we're supposed to. And I'm, we're learning and things like that. And so I, I truly didn't even think. Well, that how would you know? You know? Yeah, you don't. You don't. And so that's, I just felt so sad and so defeated. And so I went home and pumped and got like 10 mils from each side. So then um was like, okay, let's give this baby a bottle, which is fine. And she wouldn't take the bottle. <laughs> uh, and so then I'm like freaking out because one, I know she's hungry and there's, how am I going to get this kid, this milk without her taking it? Uh-huh. And so that was a whole nother stress in itself. But I, um, 
eventually my husband actually got her to take the bottle and they, they figured it out. And from there, um, kept working with lactation and things like that. And, um, my milk just was never enough in the sense of volume wise. So I could, I never produced enough to meet her needs. So we always supplemented, um, whether that was formula or I am very, very grateful for some really good friends in my circle that were also pumping and had extra milk to give. And so she got some of their breast milk Mm. and that was, it was just a lifesaver to help kind of get me to a point where we could get her fed. (laughs) Um, It's it's so hard. Those early days, so hard. Yes. Makes you want to cry just for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I just felt really defeated. And then uh, we made the mistake of having people stay with us really early postpartum. And so 10 out of 10, don't recommend that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's for a night, like unless it's somebody that you're okay with walking around naked and crying and bleeding whatever in front of like yep that will not happen ever again (laughs) yep I feel that (laughs) yeah yeah and so um I just um I in my experience like I knew that breastfeeding can be difficult whether it's a good latch or things like that but I never thought that it would be like oh my 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 tissue just doesn't work the way like others or like it could. Um, and so I tried lots of different supplements. I tried different things to try and help make more mammary tissue. And it, I couldn't tell you if any of it really worked or not. Um, so then my brain kind of had to switch in, okay, what's, what's my goal for time here for breast milk. Mm -hmm. And so I set it for six weeks Mm -hmm. and, um, thanks to the help of some of my friends that were willing to share their um, milk with me. We made it to like three and a half months. So we just are off of breast milk not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when, when you were, did you pump? So I guess my question is, did you quit and then just use your friends or did you continue to just pump whatever little bit you could get? And then I my t- next question was, how much yeah. did you ever end up pumping if you did that? Yeah. So I kept pumping. I had told myself that I am not going to be using other people's milk if I'm not using my own. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kept pumping up until about two weeks after going back to work. And Mm -hmm. then at that point I hadn't been getting um, any other milk. So um, I, at most one night or one morning after sleeping through a feed, because Lenny started sleeping through the night, um, I think I got like eight ounces total. So that at the time would have been two feeds and I was jacked. (laughs) But then, you know, subsequently because I missed a night pump or that early morning pump, the rest of the day I got like maybe two ounces. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, oh, I don't need to do it anymore. I guess I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, and then on an average, I think I would get like three ounces from both every pump. So it was okay, but it just wasn't quite enough to what she was taking at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then still, still a little, it's average, but a little under average. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I kind of, we would breastfeed every once in a while, but I got a little fixated on knowing how much she was taking just mm-hmm. weight wise. Um, once I knew that she was gaining weight again, I definitely had to delete 
all the apps that I I would have gotten a little ex- uh, obsessive with like girl I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> so once once we were good there, um, I just I just stopped, and that was very helpful for my own mental health. But um, kind of going back to the medications, I truly, truly do not think I would have stayed steady or okay as I was like, it was still really, really hard. And you're just, your brain is mush and you just feel exhausted. But I'm very grateful that I kind of advocated for myself, even knowing that there is a slight risk of having medication like those throughout your pregnancy. Like I I needed them to be a good mom or a present mom. And so that was really, really um, important to me, I guess, that I be somewhat okay. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have anything other, I, like in your um, questionnaire, you had mentioned prolapse possibly or anything oh, else yeah. to in postpartum? Yeah, postpartum. Um, why? So like I mentioned, I had um, a tear, so I had some stitches and I don't remember. I think I was like four or five weeks postpartum and the one of the sutures was still there and which is very normal. It can take a long time for them to go away. But I was like, I'll try to pull it out because why not? <laughs> and so I, this is a nice little picture. So of whatever. Anyway, so I um, used my camera and was trying to like look in there to find out where it was so I could pull and see what it was looking like. And then like looking at my vaginal opening, I was like, mm, that's not what it should look like. And mm. so then being the nurse brain that I am, I felt around and was like, yeah, that's my vaginal wall mm. coming down onto my... <laughs> Uh, into my vaginal opening Mm -hmm. and so as soon as I found that I called my OB and I wasn't scheduled for my follow-up for a couple weeks but I had asked for a referral to PT and um, she gave it to me and I went to Apex Physical Therapy and we got started yep (laughs) we got started right away before I had even started my six-week follow-up and when she did her like internal exam, she's like, yep, I would say it's like a grade one, which is very um, like the, the least concerning of all of them. And so um, knowing that this was my first kid and I'd like to have more, I was like, well, let's, I, I we got to do something. So did PT for four or five weeks and that was amazing. I love it. 110% recommend to everybody and anybody. I wish I would have gone um, before I had baby. Yeah. yeah big, big advocate for pelvic floor therapy. Even yeah. like if you have a very normal everything, like it's still good to do. Yes. Yep. And um, with like the biofeedback, so you could like see if you're doing your Kegels correctly and things like that. That was, I'm a very visual learner. So that was super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so... I will be utilizing their services much more. Yeah, um, I love that. For sure. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on or if you have any resources to share or words of wisdom to share, go for it. Um, use Utilize your, your friends and sometimes your friends can mean well, but if it's not great, just let them know that, you know, you don't have the capacity to hear that traumatic birth story and that's okay. Um, but there are so many resources in Fargo now that I had no idea about until after. And so I cannot wait to utilize them. Um, 
now. So like the milk market in Fargo for any breastfeeding, pumping needs, they are awesome. And that's amazing. Pelvic floor therapy. Um, Lenny goes to a chiropractor to help with her reflux. And that has made, I'm 110% on board that that has made her as happy of a baby as she is. Yeah. Um, so, and it's, it's okay if things don't go the way you want or you plan. Cause that's, that's just how life goes sometimes, but it's also okay to like be sad about that because I think that was hard for me too, is to be like, well, I, everything went okay. So you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel bad or whatever, but it's okay to. It's like, validating. Yeah. Yeah. Feelings are always valid. And it's yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining and just chatting away. I love it so much. <laughs> yes, oh. thanks for having me. It feels good just to be able to talk about it again. It's so it's thank you, Annie. We will chat with you later. Sounds great.